Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Do me a favor, would you stand again for the Word of God? I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 19, starting in verse 16. It says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want, to enter life, keep these commands. Which ones? He replied, he asked, and Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, and you shall honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Verse 23 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and they asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Say all things. Right on. Well, you may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word again today. We thank you, Lord, that it breathes life into us, reveals things in our hearts that we need to work on, reveals things inside of us that you put in us that you long for us to to apply to our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would be open to receive from you, hear from you, be moved by you today. Lord, that your love would just be so evident in this place and this space of your grace. Lord, I thank you in advance for the word that you've already given my brother and my sister. They came with an expectation, and because of that, you will release your anointing on them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out on this beautiful Sunday. I want to say a special thanks to all those that are watching at the Joshua House, Ruth and Naomi's, the Westminster ladies, and everybody else online. Can we just give them a big round of applause right now? The question that I have for you guys today is, have you ever had something in your life that you weren't willing to let go? You see, we all like that phrase, uh, let go and let God, and that's all fine and dandy when it comes to the things that we don't want or the things that we don't like. But how about the things that we hold on to that we feel that we couldn't do without? Well, this is the final part of our Mo Money series. And I believe that God's got more for you because he's just getting started. This has been a series, for those of you that are just joining us, a series on finances of all things. And you know, the Bible talks about finances in the Bible over 2,000 times a word comes up. 
whether it be prosperity or money. The Lord knew that there was always going to be a tension when it came to money. And then God wanted to bless us and he wanted to ha- us to have stuff, but he just didn't want the stuff to have us. And so thank God we have his word, which is here to set us up today and set us apart. And I hope to give you both the the practical and the biblical truths when it comes to money that won't just increase your bank account, but will increase your belief system on the way that you see money and the way that you handle it. And how that belief system can even affect your relationships when it comes to money and it comes to others. I want to point out verse 6. The first verse in what I just read that stood out to me. And in verse 6, it says this. So they, just then the man comes up to Jesus and asks, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? So the first point is actually a question. It's, what must I do? What must I do? Because again, our response is our responsibility. And first of all, we should point out that he's coming to God. He's going to the right person and he's asking the right questions. And I think sometimes we don't, we don't like the, the response we're getting to the questions we're asking because we're not always asking the right questions and we're not always going to the right person. Are you with me? And the same question was asked to Jesus when he was approached by an expert of the biblical law. And Jesus responds with a similar answer, only this time he makes a statement. He says, only God is good. And if you want eternal life, that you are to keep these commands. And he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Is Jesus God? Absolutely he is. Is he good? Absolutely he is. In John 1.1, the Bible states that Jesus, the word, was there in the beginning and he was God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Jesus refers to himself as God. In John 10.33, the Jews were ready to stone him because Jesus had declared that he was God. In Colossians 1.15, the Bible refers to Jesus as the image of the invisible God. So we must know this. Only God is good. And we serve a good God who has only good things for us. Do you believe that? If he's a good God, only good things can come from him. The rich ruler asked Jesus, which command that he must obey. He says, Lord, which commands must I obey? And I'm surprised that Jesus didn't just say all of them. But he specifically points this out. He lists these. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Come on. You shall honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Which one of those could you work on? I know the last two have been an opportunity for me in the last few years. And it's taken the most effort and the most discipline for me. And I've had to be intentional 
to look for ways to love others as much as I love myself and to honor my parents. And you know, um, I did this even more often as my mother was struggling with cancer. And luckily I have a great wife even before that happened. And challenged me. She says, do you want to live long and prosper? Then you need to honor your mother and father. And you need to be intentional to make deposits, to pick up the phone, to call them, to listen. And so sometimes life has a way of throwing curveballs at us and and we can see it as a crisis or we can see it as a Christ-attunity. We can see Christ in the middle of every opportunity. We can see that even in the darkest of places is where we can shine our light and where our light shines the brightest. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world and anyone who has me will not walk in darkness. But out of those, which one could you work on? When we read verse 6, we were given the objective of the rich young ruler when he approaches Jesus. He wanted to know what he must do to get eternal life. And the answer was actually a lot deeper than just obeying God's command. The final step was to follow Jesus, to give up his possessions and follow the person that is Jesus, to let go and let God. I've read this chapter quite often, but verse 20 really stood out to me this time in this season. And whenever you're reading God's word and something in the scripture jumps out at you, it's called rhema. And rhema is God's word spoken directly to you. Rhema literally means an utterance. You ever had that? I've had people come up to me and say, oh, pastor, that message was just for me. It spoke to me, and I'm sure it was. But it was God speaking to you through his word. It wasn't me. Rhema. In verse 20, it says, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Have you ever been this bold with God? To say, what do I still lack not coming to God and just telling him what you want but asking him what do I lack this is a profound question it's one that requires vulnerability and it's one that requires trust one that will test your ability to let go and to let God but if we're willing to let God speak into our lives and reveal what is in our hearts. He'll take us to places that we've never been before, and he'll, he'll bless us in ways that we've never been blessed before. We'll see things that we've never seen before, and we'll do things that we've never done before. Come on. We'll experience more and more what it truly means to trust in him with all our heart and lean not in our own understanding. We just need to know that it is God that is calling us. We need to recognize his voice. And how do we do this? By reading his word. 
And Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's why we're here today. In Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all of you who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You see, because we can't just come and be hearers of the word, we must be doers of it. We gotta put it to practice. I'm gonna ask you to do something a little bit different that we haven't done before. I'm gonna ask you just for a moment to pause in the presence of God right now. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you if you would ask the Lord to reveal to you what you still lack. So even just in a whisper, in your time in prayer right now, just in this moment, just ask him, what do I lack? Now you may have heard something may have seen something God may have revealed something to you that was already in your heart that maybe you pressed down that you pushed aside that you've been holding on to so tightly he's asking you to trust him to release and if the Lord gave you something in that moment in that stillness would you do me a favor would you write it down there's paper in front of you there's little cards in front of you I want you to write it down that's Rhema. God is speaking to you right now. But it's up to you to write it down. It could be one word. It could be one thing. It could be one person. But something that where you're still lacking to let go. And Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down and make it plain so those that read it can run with it. So write it down. In verse 22, it says that was the last thing that the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, meaning sad, he walked away. And he was holding on tight to a lot of things. And he couldn't bear to let go. Finally, what's the last thing that you would expect to hear from God? The last thing that you would think that he would ask you to let go of, to give up, to surrender, so that you can go to where he's called you to be. You know, that young man walked away from Jesus. Why? Because he wouldn't let go. The scripture says that he was holding on tight to a lot of things. you've been holding on to that God is asking you to let go what are the things maybe it's not just one thing it's multiple things it's, it's insecurity it's pride it's you fill in the blank this whole series we wanted to grow in our understanding of how to better handle money and invest in what God has given us so that we could see a greater return, not just in our life, 
in our family's life, in the community, to people we know, to people that we don't know, to people that, we, that are in need. For Jesus said in Matthew 25, just as you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do unto me. Jesus offers up something greater that we could ever hope for, imagine, or dream of, but it's only according to his power at work within us. Ephesians 3.20. We must understand its purpose. And its purpose is to serve his kingdom, not to serve our status. Not to just better ourselves, but to better others. To, to reflect the, the meaning of the gospel, which is generosity, is good news. And in the end, what God asks of us is nothing in comparison to what he offers us. So that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Church, are you ready to let go and let God? And so would you stand to your feet right now? Here's the thing that the Lord has showed me and taught me. The more I get into his word, the more I learn to trust in him, is that you can't outgive God. You can't outgive Jesus. Proverbs 11, 24 to 25 says, the life of the generous gets larger and larger. The life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You can't outgive him. And you have no idea what he's got for you. We just get a glimpse of heaven on earth and how we love God and how we love others. And if, and if you're here today and you've been, you've been struggling with the whole money thing, you've been struggling, like we learned in Matthew 6, where it says you can't serve two masters. It was talking about money and God. It says for you end up loving one and hating the other. You'll end up being devoted to one and despising the other. You cannot serve both. Because the moment you think that money is, is actually there to serve you, you have become its slave. You're there to serve Jesus. And you're there to trust in him with all your heart. You're there to seek his kingdom and then all things will be added unto you. God's just getting started. But for him to pour in to an open heart you also have to have an open hand you gotta let go so I, I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now just, just to do that to let God in and let go he sees you he sees the best of you he sees everything that you've gone through he sees the things that you struggle with and he's asking you to lay it at the foot of the cross right here right now He says, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. So we're just going to invite him in. Paul says this in Romans 10, 9. If we believe in our hearts, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. That's what we need. We need a relationship. We don't need a religion. We need a relationship with Jesus. We need to invite him in. Nobody's good but God. So just invite him into your situation. Invite him into your life right here, right now. If you would, we're going to do this. We're going to say this prayer. And maybe there's some of us in the room who could just be honest with ourselves and honest with God and say, you know what? I haven't been putting him first. And a lot of my problems have been around money. But God's already got a plan. So I'm going to surrender that to him. Whatever that looks like, I'm going to put him first as my source and my supply. And I'm tired of just living life just trying to get by. I'm going to live in the fullness of Christ today and surrender all that I am to him in this moment. So you just bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus. Oh, let me hear his name again. Say, Dear Jesus. I confess. I confess that I've been wrong. I confess that I have sinned. I confess that I have put other things before you. Would you please forgive me? You see, I believe Say, I believe. I believe that you died for me, that you died for my sins, and that you rose from the grave. And now I'm asking you to come into my heart, to be Lord over my life. I choose now to follow you and to lay it all down, all the days of my life. stay in the moment, all eyes closed in the moment. And I just want you to, to do something for me. I want you to hold out your hands. Eyes closed, just hold out your hands in front of you. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for these hands. That these hands are your hands. And Lord, whatever these hands touch, you touch. I thank you for these loving hands healing hands hands that would bring hope hands that would bring prosperity hands that you have blessed that go beyond what we can hope for and what we can imagine bless my brother now bless my sister now Bless this family now. In this moment, as you're in this moment, if, if you prayed that first prayer, which we prayed, invited Jesus in your heart and your situation into your life, would you just lift up one of your hands right now and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. And, it, and it, thank you. And if you are coming back to him today, and you be honest with yourself. You were honest with yourself in a moment. This is your comeback moment today that you haven't been putting him first over your finances, over those things that you needed to let go. But today is the day. Would you just put your hand up right now and say, that was me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I told you it's a special day. <laughs> You can look at me now. 
We're gonna do two things next. We're gonna open it up for baptism and we're also gonna have communion. God knew this day was coming. And if you're just hearing about baptism, oh, let me tell you. We're not here to just do church. (laughs) We're here to be the church. And God commissioned us to make disciples fully devoted, all in followers of Jesus. And in Matthew 28, 19, he said how to do it. He said, go into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey obey his commands. And surely he is with us always, even to the ends of this earth. And so the significance in baptism, it says in Romans that when we go in the water, that we're baptized with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave. It's when you say goodbye to the old you. And when you come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection. It says that you are resurrected with Christ. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And so if that's you as we worship, as we're partaking in communion in a moment, just come forward. My wife said this morning, just come forward. You don't need an excuse. The only reason is Jesus. If you just come forward. Just worship him. Be all in. In Matthew, it walks us through the the importance of communion. Jesus said that we are to do this often in remembrance of him. It's actually in all the gospels. Jesus said when he was sitting the night of the Passover before Jesus was about to go to the cross. He said, this is my body broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And then he took the wine and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins, which represents my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we worship, just come forward at your own time. Take the elements back to your seat. Take the body, take the bread, take the juice, which represents his blood, and remember the covenant that he has with you. Let's partake in communion now together. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.